Hey, this is Jim Fleming, and this is the Stuart Heights Fleming Sunday School Podcast. This podcast is a recording of our weekly Sunday School class, as well as a few other teaching opportunities I get at my church. But before you listen further, you may want to go to teachings.jim314.com and download the student and or teacher handouts so you can follow along visually and take some notes. Thanks for listening, come back often, and feel free to add this podcast to your favorite podcast app or to iTunes. Now let's get to this week's lesson. Good morning, everybody. All right, so if you brought your handout back from last week, that is great. Uh, If you did not, there are some in the middle of the table, and you will uh, need one of those for today. So go ahead and grab one. If we run out, uh, then Mr. Mitch is going to have the stack of extras, uh, so I'm commissioning you to get those to anybody that walks in. Uh, And we will start today with our normal... Uh, reading of the text and explanation of the text and today we're going to talk a little bit more about what this physically looks like and what this physically feels like because today we're going to be walking through this literally in class today. Uh, So we will ask the Holy Spirit to help us. Um, I don't know what you're, if you have a Anybody has a standard prayer that they pray before you study or before you read, um, I would encourage you to at least have an idea of some requests to be asking of the Holy Spirit before you start. But uh, if you don't, um, any requests for uh, illumination, any requests for wisdom, any requests for insight, uh, ears to hear, those are all good requests to make. Uh, And if you're not sure what to ask, then... The Holy Spirit has you covered there too, so it's a great process. Uh, It's actually brilliant. So let's get started in uh, Romans chapter 1. We're going to read Romans 1 and 2, and then we'll walk through what we're going to be looking at today. Romans 1. Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus, called to be an apostle, set apart for the gospel of God, which he promised beforehand through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures, concerning his son who was descended from David according to the flesh and was declared to be the Son of God in power according to the spirit of holiness by his resurrection from the dead, Jesus Christ our Lord, through whom we have received grace and apostleship to bring about the obedience of faith for the sake of his name among all the nations, including you who are called to belong to Jesus Christ, to those who are in Rome, who are loved by God and called to be saints. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you, because your faith is proclaimed in all the world. For God is my witness, whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel of his Son, that without ceasing I mention you always in my prayers, asking that somehow by God's will I may now at last succeed in coming to you. For I long to see you, that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to strengthen you. That is, that we may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith, both yours and mine. I do not want you to be unaware, brothers, that I have often intended to come to you, but thus far have been prevented in order that I may reap some harvest among you as well as among the rest of the Gentiles. I am under obligation both to Greeks and to barbarians, both to the wise and to the foolish, so I am eager to preach the gospel to you also who are in Rome. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith for faith, as it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. 
For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men, who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. For what can be known about God is plain to them, because God has shown it to them. For his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made. So they are without excuse. For although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him. But they became futile in their thinking, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools, and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man and birds and animals and creeping things. Therefore God gave them up in the lusts of their hearts to impurity, to the dishonoring of their bodies among themselves, because they exchanged the truth about God for a lie, and worshipped and served the creature rather than the creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. For this reason, God gave them up to dishonorable passions, for their women exchanged natural relations for those that are contrary to nature, and the men, one another, men committing shameless acts with men and receiving in themselves the due penalty for their error. And since they did not see fit to acknowledge God, God gave them up to a debased mind to do what ought not to be done. They were filled with all manner of unrighteousness, evil, covetousness, malice. They are full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, maliciousness, They are gossips, slanderers, haters of God, insolent, haughty, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents, foolish, faithless, heartless, ruthless. Though they know God's righteous decree that those who practice such things deserve to die, they not only do them, but give approval to those who practice them. Therefore you have no excuse, O man, every one of you who judges. For in passing judgment on one another, you condemn yourself, because you, the judge, practice the very same things. We know that the judgment of God rightly falls on those who practice such things. Do you suppose, O man, you who judge those who practice such things and yet do them yourself, that you will escape the judgment of God? Or do you presume on the riches of his kindness and forbearance and patience, not knowing that God's kindness is meant to lead you to repentance? But because of your hard and impenitent heart, you are storing up wrath for yourself on the day of wrath when God's righteous judgment will be revealed. He will render to each one according to his works. To those who by patience and well-doing seek for glory and honor in immortality, he will give eternal life. But for those who are self-seeking and do not obey the truth but obey unrighteousness, there will be wrath and fury. There will be tribulation and distress for every human being who does evil, the Jew first and also the Greek. But glory and honor and peace for everyone who does good, the Jew first and also the Greek, for God shows no partiality. For all who have sinned without the law will also perish without the law, and all who have sinned under the law will be judged by the law. For it is not the hearers of the law who are righteous before God, but the doers of the law who will be justified. For when Gentiles who do not have the law by nature do what the law requires, they are a law to themselves, even though they do not have the law. They show that the work of the law is written on their hearts, while their conscience also bears witness, and their conflicting thoughts accuse or even excuse them on that day when, according to my gospel, God judges the secrets of men by Christ Jesus. But if you call yourself a Jew and rely on the law and boast in God and know his will and approve what is excellent because you are instructed from the law, and if you are sure that you yourself are a guide to the blind, a light to those who are in darkness, an instructor of the foolish, a teacher of children, having in the law the embodiment of knowledge and truth, you then who teach others, do you not teach yourself? While you preach against stealing, do you steal? You who say that one must not commit adultery, do you commit adultery? You who abhor idols, do you rob temples? You who boast in the law, dishonor God by breaking the law. 
For as it is written, the name of God is blasphemed among the Gentiles because of you. For circumcision indeed is of value if you obey the law, but if you break the law, your circumcision becomes uncircumcision. So if a man who is uncircumcised keeps the precepts of the law, will not his uncircumcision be regarded as circumcision? Then he who is physically uncircumcised but keeps the law will condemn you who have the written code and circumcision but break the law. For no one is a Jew who is merely one outwardly, nor is circumcision outward and physical. But a Jew is one inwardly, and circumcision is a matter of the heart, by the spirit, not by the letter. His praise is not from man, but from God. All right, so that's Romans 1 and 2. And then today what we're going to look at is a very quick review of last week. Um, we, we've read the text today. Last week we started to explain the text. We talked through the words, what do the words mean. Um, and then we're going to answer those questions today. Uh, we're going to look at the so what. So the, the what does it say, what does it mean, and then so what, what's, what's the point? Uh, personalizing the text, now what do I do with that? So we also looked at this last week, the hearing, the reading, the studying, the memorizing, the meditating. This is what we do a tremendous amount of in Bible study. It's meditate and meditate and meditate and meditate. You think and you think and you think and you think and you think. Uh, so that we can get to the point where we can apply appropriately. So we can answer the question, what did it mean to the original hearers? What's the timeless principle and how do we actually practice that? How do we wear that? If you, if you put into practice Romans 1 and Romans 2 tomorrow at work, what would that look like? If you walked in wearing Romans 1 and Romans 2, that's the, that's the now what do I do with that question at the very end of the lesson today. So <clears throat> last week, if you got your hand out there, that, that six-page document on the, on the table... If you got your hand out there, that first page is uh, simply the text, and there, at the bottom of that first page is the literary observations, the structural observations. And we talked last week about how Romans 1 was all about uh, they, 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 and we shift in Romans 2 to you, so we think we're going from the, the Gentiles and kind of everybody to you, specifically Jew, and we're honing in on that particular audience. Uh, pages, uh, what's the... 14, 15, 16 are the, the words. That was the content of last week's lesson. So if you want to know what all those blanks are, uh, we have a podcast and you can listen to the podcast. Uh, there's a link to that at the very back of the handout. Uh, but your homework is at the bottom of page 16. So flip over to the bottom of page 16 and I'll show you what your homework was from last week. And then we'll walk through that. I'm excited about what you guys are going to teach today. So your homework, complete the rest of the handout on page 18 on your own. Remember to ask, to read, use the English text, the meaning of the Greek words that we went through last week, and the basics of Greek verbs, that page 17. Uh, I was dis- I'll pause here for a second. I was disappointed. I did not get feedback yet from uh, the professor at Southwestern. Uh, so hang tight on that. It might be coming. So we'll see. Uh, and then talk, and then use the resources, commentaries, etc. So the verse 17 was the basics of the Greek verbs. So all about persons and numbers and tenses and voices and moods. Uh, and then verse 18 is your actual homework itself. So that's where we're going to start today, at the top of page 18. So are there any... Repeat, yeah, if you need one, there should be some at your, hand, at your table. And if you need more, then Mitch has some more. So I, I didn't print out as many as I normally do because many of you brought them back from last week since it's the, virtually the exact same handout. The only, thing, the only thing that I changed on your handout, for those of you that are OCD about this, is that the weeks, seven and eight in the header, and the dates are that last week and this week. Everything else is the exact same. So 
that's it, I promise. So, that was the introduction. So let's talk about the answer to the very first question on page 18. So are there any repeated words in that text, in that, uh, the text for today, 212 through 29? Law, it shows up a few times, right? How many times did we say it showed up last week? 19 times. Yeah, and that's not, it's not hyperbole. Um, that's, it actually shows up 19 times. Anybody remember what the Greek word for law was? I heard it. Nomos, yes. It reminds me of uh, the boxer uh, that he was sitting on the corner on the stool and he said, nomos, nomos, no more, no more, right? And to me, it, it's actually a, a sort of tongue-in-cheek uh, joke about, I'm glad that I'm not under the law anymore. Like, no more, no more. I've got Jesus. He satisfied all those requirements. He is my sacrifice. That is no more. We are under a better paradigm now. So it's a beautiful thing. Any other repeated words? Judge, yes, judge. Is that on your handout? Because those, those were the first two in order in my teacher notes. So I feel like I've given something away at this point. So. All right. For those of you wondering, if you want to look and see my teacher notes for today and see the fact that you are actually going to teach the class today, you can go to that stewartheights.org slash Sunday School and click through a couple links and you can actually get to the copy of my, my teacher notes and they look exactly like your student handout today. <clears throat> No answers in there for you today. It's all right. So any other repeated words? All right, I'm going to ask one question. Who is a really good scribe? Like you are the note-taking guru of all... No you look at other people who think they're good note-takers and you go, I scoff at your attempts at note-taking. Like you, you, are, you are pathetic excuses for note-taking. Who, 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 I need you to brag on yourself for just a second. Who is good at note-taking? Right? So I got one. I got two. I got, all right. Ms. Bandy, can you take notes for me in class today? Wonderful. Can you take notes for me in class today? On page 18. So they're going to be my scribes today so that I don't have to focus on writing a bunch of stuff down. So there we go. Good. Other repeated words. So we got law. We've got judge. You. Yes. Yes. You shows up quite a few times, right? Yes. Uncircumcision shows up. And also circumcision shows up. Yes. Say it again. Boast. Yes, there's some boasting involved, right? What else? God. Shows, thank you, Justin. Yes, we should not leave out God out of Romans, right? Romans is a... Can you imagine how horribly, just appallingly, shockingly awful Romans would be if you pulled God out of Romans? Man, it's just sadomasochistic is what you didn't know. It's awful. Uh, what else? Other repeated words. Jew. Jew shows up several times, yes. That's the audience. That's the, the intended target audience. So this is the part of the lesson where you stare at the text, right? <laughs> Which is a pretty good Bible study principle. Just stare at the text. That's, that's one of the reasons I think Bible study is for everybody, because you just stare at the text. <laughs> Yes. 
So he's giving them examples of things, right? So I'm making a point, and then I'm giving you an example. I'm making a point, and I'm giving you an example. So I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, Paul's actually going to do this with whole chapters in Romans, later on in Romans. He's going to make a point, and then a whole chapter is going to be an example. And you get another chapter that's an example, and another chapter that it's an example. And then he follows up, and he continues his thought from two or three chapters earlier. And if you're not looking out for the fact that he is literally building a case, we are in a court of law, he is building a case, this is how this functions, you can feel like he's skipping topics and jumping around a whole lot. He's really not. He's relentlessly hammering away at his point here. So, other repeated words. Yes, Jay? You. You, yes. You is a repeated word. Um, In marketing, if you want to be... Uh, abrupt, if you want to be direct, if you want to get somebody's attention, you use the word you. Right? Because everybody thinks, is that me? Yes. Yes. That's exactly who that's to. Right? What else? Repeated words. Wrath. Wrath. Thank you. Yeah. It's not fun, but it's there. Yeah. yeah. So we're not going to avoid it. Absolutely. Sin. Sin, sin or sinned? Yeah. Yes. Sin and sinned, right? Good. Yeah, this is where my southern accent uh, introduces flaws theoretically into your theology. So I'll try to, uh, what's the word? Enunciate? Yes. There's another E word. Elocute. There you go. I'll try to elocute well today. So you had another word. Obey. Obey. Yes. Obey is important. <clears throat> Teach, yes. There you go. Good. That's actually the next question. Are there repeated topics? Right? So sometimes, and I think you and Josh are kind of on the same page here. The, well, like that exact word's not you, but in this ballpark are used together, right? Okay. Other topics that are repeated. Law, law right? This topic of the law. Absolutely. Practicing what you preach. Yeah. That's a big concept in this text, right? I think one of the big concepts here is you know, the inside of versus the outside or the heart. Okay. So inward versus external, internal versus external. Yeah. Good. Which we really see in the last paragraph, right? I mean, that's the, like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah, we have a problem. We are all condemned, absolutely. That's an amen, by the way. That's how I interpret that. Oh, you guys are good. You guys are good. Trust me. What else? Repeated topics. Chris, you got something you want to say, and you've been wanting to say it for about a minute and a half. And I've... This kind of goes off of what Darla said, that there's a possession uh, aspect of what he says. Yes. He's contrasting what people have in terms of the tangible good. law that they can go pick up and read. But he's also talking about what people have within their heart yes. to embrace the law. Good. Not necessarily having the text and going, tab A is not necessarily folded into slot B, therefore... Yeah. Good. So, so there's a possession. It, it, it's personalizing. 
right. What he's saying. And I would say, Which goes along with the repeat yes, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. I love it when you guys finish thoughts. I'll be thinking about something. Oh, oh, oh. And you say it. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's good. Cool. It's almost like there's one spirit. It's crazy. <clears throat> Other repeated topics or thoughts? Circumcision, right? There's a whole paragraph on it. Yeah. If you have one of those Bibles that has a header for every paragraph, that's what that paragraph's about. Which is a, an interesting way to do Bible study. Uh, it, Josh and I talked about this a couple weeks ago. This telescoping approach of Bible study. Now, I'll, I'll give you an insight in how I look at an entire book. Um, I'll spend a couple months reading it every day. Right, Just a couple months reading it every day. I want to get the big picture. And then we'll go through and we'll look at the individual words. What are words that show up over and over and over and over again in the text? And make sure that I understand those. And then I'll go through and I'll read it again for a couple of weeks using that knowledge of the individual words, making sure that it fits within the framework of the whole book. And then you go through and you look at like thoughts, individual sections. And then you look at paragraphs. You look at sentences. And you build out and you build in. You telescope out, you telescope in so that you can understand the detail as it fits within the larger context. And when you begin to do that, I'm going to blow some of your heads real quick. As you begin to do this with a lot more books of the Bible, you begin to see the larger message of the entire scripture and how the books fit into the larger message and how these words have themes all the way through the scriptures. And then you start to get overwhelmed because then it's, you go, ooh, there's a lot going on. Yes, there's a lot going on. It's amazing. Stare at the text. So, anything else that we want to put there for other repeated topics? Did I give you, I didn't give you enough space there, did I? <laughs> no. Not at all. Anything else for repeated topics or ideas? Yeah, circumcision. That's, that's a repeated topic and idea there, right? Good. All right, so let's move to the next question. What are some observations of the text? You looked at the text and you went, whew, okay. I think this is true based off of... Uh, this text. Um, this can kind of blur a little bit into the next question too, and it's okay. I'm not going to be overly rigid about that. You read this text, and you went, I'm confronted with this thing. What is something you're confronted with? Now, some, I'm going to ask you, if you emailed me observations from your commentary in the last couple of weeks, uh, pause on that for just a minute. We're going to do those last. So this is where my t-shirt comes in today. Um, some of you uh, are like me, and I brought my commentary today. This is Moo, uh, Douglas Moo. Um, this is his version on Romans, and it's tiny font too, which is even worse. So um, he wrote a thousand, I don't know, yeah, a thousand pages on a 19-page letter, right? So one of the things that I like to remember is if I go back to my uh, Bible study time proposal here is that I need to reach for my tool last. And I like actually this particular shirt because um, Jesus said, if your eye offends you, you're to what? Pluck it out. And if your hand offends you, you're to what? Cut it off. Right. I have a tendency to reach for the commentaries too early. Cut that out. This is my Darth Vader hand flying baseball shirts, and spring training just started a couple of weeks ago, so it's appropriate and timely. So that's how I weave that in. That's, does that make sense? Does that work? Not too bad of a stretch today, right? Yeah. 
<clears throat> Some of you are going, how many t-shirts do you have? You can ask my wife. Um, there's a lot. She's not listening right now. It's okay. How many t-shirts do you think that I have? <laughs> not just too many. Way too many. Way too many. Okay, yeah. I'm going to try to get through as many of those this year as I can, so we'll see. All right, so uh, observations on the text. What do you think? Mm-hmm. So there may be some connection between this text of Scripture and another text of Scripture. Like, what? Yeah, all those little verse references in your Bible, that might mean something. That was his job description, right? Yeah. Yeah, it was part of what he did. So. Ron? Um, verse uh, 215, uh, they show that the work of the law is written in their hearts. Right. It uh, seems like it's, uh, it's a tie-in to the Pentateuch, uh, the Torah, in that we, when we are created, we have that on our hearts. Yes. So therefore, we should be able to obey it. Even by choice, but we don't. We don't, do we? No. Yeah. Who's that innocent guy? Where's, there's some innocent guy somewhere on the island that we're all concerned about, and he's just not innocent, right? He's just Jack like, what's that? Jack Sparrow. Jack Sparrow. Yeah, Jack Sparrow's not innocent. <laughs> he burned the rum, right? I mean, come on. <laughs> Sorry, that was my movie reference for the day. There you go. Yeah. All right. Yes, Dave. Not Jack Sparrow. Answer. Sorry. Yeah, here you go. Uh, can you say that again? Can you say that again? Just start over. The, the depths and the breadth and the lengths that people will go to ignore the truth. Remember the text that we talked about in the, in the first chapter of Romans, the suppress? I'm going to suppress. I'm going to hold down. I'm going to do everything that I can to cover up the truth. Yeah. Hi, my name's Jim. <clears throat> I love to actively promote my own truth in as much as it serves me and how I feel. Right? I mean, this is us. Yeah. Literally, this is, this is us. Good observation. Wow. Others? Doug? Yeah, uh, it kind of ties in with Wednesday night study that Brian's oh, doing with Hebrews. I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> you want to say it? I'm going to go stand back here. <laughs> He's better with wording than I am. I don't know. Uh, challenge. <laughs> challenge. <clears throat> but it just, um, you know, 
He filters more than you do, which is why I like, which is why I like yours better than I like his. How's that? Cool. What came to my mind, though, was, um, you know, the audience he's dealing with. He's dealing with Jewish people who have, for their lives, had an example of people living nothing but fakeness. Yes. And Ooh. they could all see that there was problems with that, but they never were willing to address it. And what he's saying to them is, and it's, I think it's something we all still deal with mm. today as Christians, that uh, we all want to dress it up. Yep. Think of ourselves as this here. <laughs> really, it's, it's not that at all. That's right. And uh, I think that's why he goes on. And in Hebrews, again, a tie-in, he talks about you've got to be careful when you start thinking about where you are in the gospel. Right. Uh, because are you really where you think you are, or are you living this life of just whitewashed tombs? Yeah. How are you another Pharisee? And especially those, I say this because we were involved for a long period in our lives in independent fundamental circles and uh, those that were temple. And it just, I can remember my first visit there and the, the, the guys, the first thing out of their mind was, because I had a beard. Yeah. Like, As you should. What in the world? You know, <laughs> you're not right. And then I, I attended a class and I remember my, you know, I was off campus, had a family already and my hair was getting a little bit on my ear and this kid, I mean, I'm, mind you, I was a little bit older, and he came up and says, man, I just want to point out, you need to get your hair cut. And I'm like, what? <laughs> you know? It, it just, again, I'll leave it at that. So this is where self-righteous Jim really struggles not to go to Romans 2 and say, but a Jew is one inwardly, and circumcision is a matter of the heart by the spirit, not by the letter. Now, for the unfiltered Miss Myla version. <clears throat> okay. I, um, I was trying to, I would read both Romans and Hebrews at the same time. So, can I pause you there for a second? Yes. If you're not going to the Wednesday night series that Brian's doing in the Hickson Campus Sanctuary of, of Hebrews, like, I don't know what you're doing on Wednesday nights, but you need to stop it. <laughs> you need to go to the Hickson Campus and get involved in that study because it is very, very good. Brian is letting us watch him worship the Lord publicly through Bible study. And it has been beautiful to watch somebody be completely stripped down of, I'm concerned about how this looks or this sounds, and I'm just going to worship the Lord through Bible study. Uh, so that's my plug for Brian's Wednesday night class. Um, and I would read both of them, and I, I would think, I'm reading the same thing. Yes. Like I was, but I think on my end, Romans is uh, shame on you, whereas Hebrews is let's go, let's go. That's what my take on. Do we need both? Oh, yes. Yes. Oh, yes. Are you, are you, I know the answer to this. Are you glad that there is more than one book of the Bible than Romans? Yes. Yes. Oh, and more than one book of the Bible than Hebrews, right? I mean, this is beautiful the way God has orchestrated all of this literature so that he is glorified, and we know our rightful place. <laughs> this is good for us. So Awesome. All right. Let's transition into the next question. So then, oh no, there we go. Uh, so then, what is the point? So what is the underlying timeless principle of this particular passage? 
Y'all have no idea how much I resisted putting numbers on this. I had 19 different versions of this with numbers on it. And I was like, I can't do that. I got to let it go. All right. So, um, so what is the underlying timeless principle? The so what? The so what of this text? We're guilty, right? Yes, absolutely. I, I will give you a tip. If you ever struggle... Ah, no, no. Cut the hand off. All right. We're all guilty. Yes. You just saw me mentally go through the process. I wanted to tell you to go and look at the section heading because it will give you an idea what the text is about. And it might. But that's... But that's... That's somebody else's, like, stare at the text. All right. What else? So say it again for me. We're all guilty. Yes. All right. Excellent. Yes, Ms. Benny. We need a Savior. Yes. I am guilty, so I need a Savior. Isn't it awesome that there's one available? Yeah. Well, how horrible, how horrible would the gospel be if you're bad, you're guilty, and there's just no answer? Bye. It's like those movies that you watch that end, and you're just going, you needed 30 more seconds. (laughs) Finish the story. We have a good ending, and we're only in the middle. (laughs) It gets better. It's beautiful. All right, what else? What's the point? Yes, Mr. Bandy? Oh. Everybody mm. knows they're guilty, but everybody doesn't know that he is the answer. Mm. I think there's a lot of wisdom in that response right there. Because um, you pinpointed in on who the actual enemy is, yes. right? Because the enemy here for us is not the pagan. The pagan is the enemy of God. The enemy for us is the devil who is obscuring. And, it's, not, it's not even the guy who wants to his hair. Yeah. 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 Boy, that was good. Did you hear that, Tim? I'm sorry. Yeah. I was looking at this. We were talking about the, the yes. We were talking about the enemies, who the real enemy is. It's okay. I understand. <laughs> I didn't know anybody it's only, it's only God's word. It's not like it's interesting or something. It's okay. <clears throat> I love you, man. man. Now, so, Mr. <laughs> So Mr. Manny was talking about who the actual enemy is here with Satan. And, and the, the devil is the one behind the guy trying to get you to clip your hair. Fe- feeding that, 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 behind that idea. Behind that idea. Yes, I, I butchered your concept. Sorry. Thank you for clarifying that. Yeah, that's good, right? Yeah. So we are then to have a spirit of gentleness as we approach and confront and lovingly say, hey, there's this thing called the gospel. And it doesn't look like the law. Yeah. <laughs> I am convinced it will take me the course of my natural life. So, I am. All right, so that's some, uh, some, some of the application. So what's the personalization? So the, the answer to the what do we do with this has to have we in the actual sentence that you say. Okay? It can't say man is guilty. No, 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 no. How would we rephrase that? We, the people in this room, are guilty. Yes. All right, so my scribes, the first application was we are all guilty, right? And then the, the, the next one was, uh, the next personalization would then be we need a Savior, right? We do. We need a Savior. Absolutely. And this is good. What was the next application? 
Yes, Satan hides Christ from us. So we have an enemy. You see how this works? It's very simple. You just change the pronouns. Or you insert pronouns. But it, it makes it... Like I have something. We have something here because of that. What was the last application? Was there another application or was that the last application? I think that was it, right? That was three. That's a good one to end on, I think. I think that's a really good one to end on. So... Yes, we need gentleness. There we go. That's good. Thank you for that. Yes, we need, we need a spirit of gentleness as we approach that third personalization. Yeah. yeah. And boy, I don't, like to, I don't like to have to harp on that, but hi, my name's Jim. I need to harp on that. Justin, did you have another one or are you just yawning? Okay, cool. Um, gentleness. That was, that was all the gentleness I could muster right there. That was good. It was like the fourth version of what I wanted to say, so it's okay. <laughs> Um, <clears throat> I love you, man. <laughs> uh, all right, so that's the lesson for today. So thank you for teaching what I think was a good lesson today. Um, and if you, if you want to go back and listen to this, go to that link at the bottom of the page, and you can get to our Sunday School podcast, and listen to the questions. The questions are how you get to the conclusions. But Bible study, again, is about questions. It's about questions. It's about questions. It's about questions. And when you're sick of questions, go meditate for a couple of days, and then come back and ask some more questions. Um, that's, that's how Bible study fundamentally works. So at the middle of your table is a weekly update. So please uh, lean in, engage, uh, record prayer requests, pray over the ones that are there. Make sure that your name, the name of everybody at the table is written there in that bottom section. Even the little ones, they count too. Um, and then pray as a group and you are dismissed. And I'm going to collect yours and I'm going to collect Miss Bandy's as well. And I will have a wonderful set of notes from today's class. Thank you so much. Oh my goodness. Thank <laughs> you.